0: you good i'm good let's roll baby
1: ladies and gentlemen leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the american dream the best is yet to come righty then. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Build It Podcast, where we talk to U.S. non-league soccer folks who know a thing or two about U.S. non-league soccer, and some who don't, probably. Um, joining me from his bunker in DeKalb County, Illinois, is DKCU President, some say custodian, John Hall, fresh from the latest league conference call. Hi, John. I want to know what you drank it? this morning that got that intro put together today. I was on the whiteboard. Um, how was that conference call? All good? League admin,
0: super, super, uh, just a super, super call. Um, <laughs> great dialogue. I may sound like I'm being facetious, but honestly, we we made a lot of decisions. Uh, we've got lots of new stuff coming up uh, as far as league uh, conference alignment. Um, we've got some new partners uh, for apparel and match balls. Um all kinds of good things we've got all kinds of plans for expanding the season Uh, we got a lot done in just over two hours or two hours last night um yeah lots of good stuff lots more teams to be announced yet that made it in before the application deadline for expansion so uh, the midwest premier league will be a little different and uh, a little bit
1: bigger here in 23. fantastic that was a much longer answer than i was expecting but all good um thank you (laughs) Our guest this week is one Larry Sancum. Hi, Larry.
2: Hi, how are you guys doing?
1: We're good, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Larry joins us in his op- official capacity, or unofficial capacity, I think, um, as sporting director. Is that still accurate?
2: That is correct.
1: Lovely. Sporting director of Christos FC, um, which I'm sure is a, a history name, a story name that many of our listeners are familiar with. For those who aren't, I just I wanted to do this because I was so impressed when I looked at the wiki. Um, the honour roll on Wikipedia is something to behold uh, for a club that's been in existence since the mid-90s. Seven-time Maryland Major Soccer League champions, uh, 2016 USA-SA National Amateur Cup champions, and 2016 and 2018 USA-SA uh, Werner Fricker National Open Cup champions. I believe that's fair. Um, Lordy, from a club that's only won one, one or two trophies, actually one. Um, well done. I'm sure that's all down to you, right, Larry? You were, you were playing up, for, up front, you were in goal, you, yeah.
2: A lot of people have done a lot of work through the years to make us have this show if you said for sure. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, I hear. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Um, if you would be so kind, could you just give us a little bit intro about you and uh, your soccer story and then we will go into the, the nitty-gritty of Christos themselves.
2: Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm i a guy, you know, just like everybody in America, growing up like five years old, started playing, fell in love with it. Um, I was a three-sport athlete in high school, so I played baseball, basketball, soccer. Um, baseball was probably my most highly recruited sport. I tore my arm out, um, and then I got into soccer. when I, You know, I was playing at a high level anyway, but uh, I started really taking the time out and playing in it um went to junior college due to uh due to messing around in school a little bit too much working class family uh we didn't have a lot of means so uh it worked out i played really high level there and uh played on uh you know uh top state cup champions regional champ, you know and uh just kept playing soccer all the way through and then all the guys that went to college we all came back together and we formulated christos and that's how Christos came together. It was a bunch of us that all grew up and uh, either played at you know, club level, college level, high school level. That's That was kind of how it all kind of came together, you know, and uh, we built Christos out of that. So that's a little bit about you know, how I got involved with Christos. Oh, good. Where's the name come from? Christos is a liquor store. Uh, ah. It's the big, one of the biggest liquor stores in Anne County. County. Um, it's uh, our... Jody and uh, Jesse and Jamie Hayslip—they're the ones that actually started Christos, and they were really connected to uh, Johnny and Nick, who are the owners of Christos. They're good friends growing up, and uh, they became our first sponsor, which they gave us like a thousand bucks, you know, to play in the league, and uh, that's—and it went all from there, you know, building it out from there from from day one. So they've been back—they've backed us, they've helped us, and they've been our family since.
1: Okay. I mean, to have a club that's been around for as long as you guys have, the American soccer landscape is no mean feat, regardless of everything else that you won and all your successes. Just the fact that you're still kicking 35 years down the line is, you know, kudos to everyone involved, right? You can take all the glory, but, yeah, there's a lot of people involved. And, we, you know, we've, we've all got the sob stories of the people that have come and gone, even in the time that we've been doing this. But um, you you strike me as a man of an age. I can see that you're a man of an age. Uh, when did you realize that – um? kicking the ball around was no longer for you because it's a battle that John still has. He's still claiming he's available for collection, so. I
2: collection. Uh, it's funny you say that. Like, I still play uh, over we – we're having our over first over-50 team this year. Um, and know like, some of the things that aren't, they think we have the over-30s, we have the over-40s, and we have over-50s. Um, so, we, uh, as, as our brothers grow, we have teams for them. So, I mean, our over-40 team has been kind of overloaded lately because we've had so many guys that are right at that over-50 age and are trying to move out for the younger guys in over-40. So it's a big move for us to be back into over-50, and they're actually going to be a state and regional and national competition for over cups this year. So we'll be involved in both all those as well.
1: Is um, There's a thing back home. I don't know if it's the thing here. Is walking football, walking soccer a thing over here? Does everyone even know of it? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's Larry, literally like
0: yeah. Larry and I've been playing it for a few years. It sounds like uh, yeah. a lot, of, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of slow-paced jogging. They actually started doing it uh, here in Chicago. they've They tried, I think last maybe it was last fall. They tried to do a little bit of walking soccer, and I guess I was I guess it was kind of neat. I don't know. I didn't get involved with it yet, but well, you were were
1: not, not a bad running. thing. All, good. Um, all right, Larry, I stole a bit from your from the club Facebook. Um, yeah. The, at the tail end of 2022, the same as we all do, right, Let's a year year recap and a direct quote. Um, as of 2020, at the end of 2022, we won every state cup, won a league title in multiple leagues, started a USL women's team and a USL two team. we got a new place to call home, the Moose Athletic Centre, um, and we had a pro combine for our players to be seen by pro scouts with two players drafted into this year's MLS draft. Just one of those would be enough for most clubs. Can you stop taking all the stuff from everyone else? It's people <laughs> like you that is the reason the rest of us fail, right? Um, how on earth, are you, like, we, I
2: think, is, I it think just, is, it, is it a coach gone? No, you know what? I, I think we're in a kind of a bubble. Um, when I when I say that, like, we're in between D.C., Baltimore, so there's a lot, and there's not a lot of pro entities in the in the state. You know what I mean? So a lot of kids, you know. They get kind of, well, we have a lot of kids that, sh- that should be playing pro and they get missed. Um, and we've had an abundant of really top level players. I, I mean, our local clubs are very strong in the area. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of good players that come out of those teams. and We've got a lot of connections within those groups and we get a lot of those kids and they play for us. And look, I mean, we're free of charge. None of our guys play any money. Um, the only thing they pay is their initial due. Um, everything else, Christo's covers. So that's something different than most clubs. You know, a lot of them have to have you know money to to operate, of of course. But our sponsorship and stuff kind of cover our uh, our expenses to do that. And we want to, and we try to make it where, you know, we're bringing in like for example, like Ben Bender was. You know, uh, he was the first pick in the MLS draft a year ago. That's Christo's guy. He's been coming to our events since he was seventeen. You know, what I mean, we we knew Bender was going to be a really good player. His brother plays for us as well. Um, And it's just I mean, it's a family thing. And it's when we started it 25 years ago, this is where we're kind of a little different than a lot of clubs is that we were all guys that played at a pretty high level. And then a lot of guys went into coaching. So every coach coaching staff, I believe, in the Maryland area has a Christos brother on on those teams. And even now in the females, we're starting to move into that route and we're we're building it out like that. So we kind of had a plan where, hey, you know what, we'll keep Christos going. And then we'll just, you know, guys, we'll just send players, you know what I mean? Like, you see like UMBC, we get a lot of players there, Loyola. So we get a core group out of that group every year. And then we mix it in we're like, okay, Nick Richardson played in Maryland, this guy. And they come back, and they always come back, and they play for us. So that's how we've kind of built it out through the years.
0: Was it, Was it difficult, like, you know, when you were first starting, you know, it, it's nice when you can say I've got a bunch of guys that have come through here and now they're pros. I always think it's kind of like getting the snowball going a little bit. Like you got to sort of need the first one and then you got to tell that one story over and over. Uh like how did what, what was the fortunate situation that helped you guys kind of get that first one so you could start building a reputation as like the club in the area to come to?
2: Well, we had we had a lot of guys When you know, like when Chris had first started, you know, the the MLS wasn't, you know, there at first, you know what I mean? And then it became you know became the MLS. So we met there was a lot of guys in our local area that played for us that were missed. That would have probably played if they're a little couple years older you know what i mean so and then we started having guys that once they finished out their mls career they would play for us as well so we started having that kind of core guys of like high level players so the young guys like ben for example ben bender's a great example you know what i mean like he's not our first but he was a great example of like he would go to maryland and then after he was done maryland practice he would come and practice with our guys nobody not knowingly so he'd be around the you know older guys that would teach him a couple little things so he got a lot of education in that way John Bell was probably one of our kind of our neatest guys that actually is in the MLS right now. Um, John was a kid that was kind of not seen. Um, he had a really good NPSL uh, season with us on the left back. Um, super athletic, um, very dynamic. But he, he's kind of like Ben. He just loves soccer. He never missed a practice. He showed up, he always freaking worked hard. Um, they're the guys that make it. Like we have other guys that, you know, at times have been seen as like bigger value in that world. But they are the guys that don't make it. They don't show up. They don't go to things because they think they're better. They're not going to get hurt. The guys that make it, like, I mean, like today, this year, we had Ben Stitz. Ben Stitz never missed a game for Christos. He came back. I mean, during the COVID time, he played at UPenn. UPenn was shut down. Dude, he played for Christos all year. He played. He didn't miss a game. You know what I mean? And he wasn't starting every game on those, on those teams. But he just got better and better and better. And I really think that helped him, you know, get to where he is right now. And I think he's going to be a terrific player in the league. Um, so... What what is your? Uh, and we'll get into it a little bit, but
0: like, what is your club program? I know you got over thirties. What is like? What's your? Do you have, like first team, second team? We play in USL two. We play in the Maryland Majors. Like, give me the quick yeah. rundown of that.
2: Our our men's team, we play in the. It's a new league. It's Maryland Super League, which is uh, Maryland Majors has kind of faded away. So it's just pretty much the same dynamic. They're all good, high level, you know, amateur teams with a second division as well. Um, so that's where my men, our men's team plays um, year round. Um, and then, uh, we have our USL and USLW, um, teams. There are, you know, they're our tier, you know, for the summer league teams. And then we have an over 30 that, uh, in an over 40, and now we're going to have over 50 regular season men's teams. And then we play in the cups with all those teams. So that's where we lie. We don't get into the amateur game that much, um, due to the fact that we're, uh, you know, we, we work with everybody. I mean, I think that's the key. If we, if we go to one club, then really what we expect is probably to get club players from just that club. And they're really, to be honest with me, we never want to be that piece. Not to say that we wouldn't go that route, but it would have to be, you know, there would have to be a major reason why we did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a slippery slope with with youth clubs and building relationships and not stepping on toes and all that stuff. That's uh that's a thing. Uh Nick, you
1: want to talk about USL a bit? No. All right. Um <clears throat> The Facebook post alluded to it, but I believe 2022 was the club's first season professionally, for want of a better phrase, right? Um, what, Or at least in the USL too. Uh, what instigated that shift up to a more recognizable level?
2: Um, well, we, we, we were connected with FC Baltimore, and we ran that operation for the last two years in the NPSL. And we went to the uh, lead Eight the first year, and we lost to um, – who we lose to? We lose to um, uh, that team out of New York. Uh, anyway, anyway, they were really all pro players. Um, we lost to them two to one. We got a red card, and then the next year we went to the final four, and we were kind of that year we got all our college players taken away right before we played the game. Bender didn't play. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of them. You know what I mean? So I figured, I feel that we could have won that year, um, but we did You know what I mean? That's you know how it is. But we wanted to get it to the next level. You know, USL was definitely. Uh, we felt that that was the next tier for us um, to get us you know, to, to even get us to more top players to bring in in the Baltimore local area. Cause we still had a lot of kids that are, we're going out of uh, the state to go play, you know, in the USL to other places and they still do that somewhat, but now we're, you know, we're, we're keeping it home, you know, in, in the area more. So that was our goal was to keep more local kids. I mean, we don't, we don't recruit kids from out of state. So, I mean, really, this is about keeping it local, keeping it with our structure of family, and uh, friends. And to be honest with you, a big part of the thing when we have peak players here is about having fun and making them love soccer again. And then when they go back, have a good career, you know, in their college. That's our goal with that.
1: How did you find the step up in quality? But was there even a step up in quality, um, both on the field and of more interest, I think, to me and John off the field in terms of admin and whatever else? back from office. Oh.
2: I mean admin was the pain in the butt. <laughs> uh there's a lot to it. Uh it's definitely more professional. There's a lot more that goes into it. Um but uh you know so that was a you know that was definitely a learning curve for us and uh we need to get a little better in that part. I will say that. Um the playing wise uh I thought, you know, I mean the top tier teams definitely, you know what I mean, like I, it's a better league. There's better. There's higher level players in it. The, I mean, I think 44 guys got drafted into the MLS this year. So it shows you, you know, the caliber of guys, you know, that you're playing against every week in and week out. I don't. I, I look. I, I think our group every year is going to be competitive, no matter what. We have enough talent in the area to always be competitive and bring a championship. I'll be honest with you. I thought last year was one of our better groups, and, you know, we just didn't near the end. I think uh, we just had too many players either injured or uh, away, had to get taken. Like all the kids from Maryland, Penn State, a bunch of the school players that we have, you know, got taken away early, and it kind of it just affects us. And we didn't use our men's team right last year. I think a lot of teams that do win it, they bring their men's team deeper in. You know what I mean? We try not to do that as much, but, uh, you know, like I saw, like, FC Motown over there, uh, they won the NPSL. They're friends of ours, but they play with men's players all year in that in that group with a few college players in that, if you look at the roster, because we play against them, you know what I mean? So we we didn't do that in our at USL. We didn't want to do that. We want to make sure the kids are getting seen and playing. So that's a big thing for us when we play in the USL. All
1: right. Then it's, it's interesting that sort of it's – a, it's a balance, isn't it, between, like, are you in it to win it or are you in it to develop these players and grow this pipeline and – or essentially, sustain yourselves for another five, six years because you are established as a pathway for fall whoever's fallen through the net before them. It's it's like if you don't win, no one wants to come to you. But if you play the if you play the quote inferior stroke, injured stroke, less available players, it's yeah, I, yeah, it's a yeah. tricky balancing act. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was a revelation to me that that players allowed to be on on different league rosters at the same time. That was I, I found that out the other week, and I was just like. Okay, that's an interesting challenge because, yeah, but uh, well, and that's a podcast for another day. But okay, um, I I don't want to reopen store wounds, but um, you mentioned that the admin side of stuff sort of was a was a was a blow not a blow to you, but was a surprise to you. Um, in what just was it just sheer quantity or like, um. Was this, were, Are there expectations of you as a front office that aren't made in the amateur league?
2: Uh, I think sheer quantity of what needed to be done was definitely a big, was a big thing. And then uh, just having, you know, like having the right people and it needs to be more than one doing certain things where we thought we could handle it with maybe just one person operating certain things. Um, so we learn from it, like I said. Like everything, you know, you only learn from mistakes and what you didn't do right. And uh, we feel like we'll make a better improvement as we move forward on it. You know what I mean? But uh, on that end, hey, you know, they're trying to keep it as professional as they can. Um, I think there are things that you know, like everything, like could always be better on each end. But right now, we need to get better on, on our end on that part. That's what that's a weakness on our end, I would say.
1: Are you are you all volunteers behind the scenes, or is, are people? taking a, taking a wage as well
2: um all our everybody ever has always been a volunteer except our coaches we pay them a little bit of money for the summer that's it nobody else. and then our announcing our people that do the announcing um we pay them as well oh hang on <laughs> hang on
1: let's talk no, about no, that a moment no he no that's, he, no. he missed, i think he missed Bob. <laughs> Yeah, Larry, we, you and I will talk offline. This, this okay. is, this no is prob- interesting. No problem. No problem. This, no this problem. is the needle for us somewhat. So, without like wanting to expose your your book to the world and, tra- and right. transparency or whatever, how we, how are you guys funding this? I'm guessing like when a move from the Maryland to like USL there's more travel costs, there's more overheads generally. How how is all that being funded?
2: Um, well what what we do is we have um we have a lot of sponsors. Uh, like Modelo is a big sponsor for us. Um uh, uh, we have um, – it looks like John Hopkins is going to be coming in. Um, so we, ha- we have quite a few sponsors that, I mean, that do a lot of that legwork for us. Um, I don't think – I mean, we don't – nobody pays on our team, like I told you. So our sponsors are pretty significant. Um, you know, we have – we probably have, I would say, 10 different to 12 different sponsors that sponsor us.
1: How are you um- – contacting them and maintaining relationships with them is that like again is that just like someone happens to be married to the marketing director or are you actually going out there and pressing the flesh and as john says boots on the street
2: well we set up meeting uh john and nick are you know like like i said they set up meetings with us and we meet with them and also too we definitely do uh you know like look we've had over three thousand guys play in our program so they're they're business owners they're whatever so we have contacts with them and we make contacts through relationships that we all have and that's how we build out i mean Look, the 1st, 5 guy, I think, uh, like, for example, if, you know, uh, if you ever heard elite tournaments, uh, Mike liver is 1 of our brothers. That's on our board and he owns elite tournaments. He's, you know, he started it right when he played for Christos. you know what I mean? So, I mean, so the contacts, there are deep. Um, You know, we were sponsored by uh, Adidas. Uh, we just uh, changed. I, nobody really knows this. I'll let you guys know. You'll be the 1st. We're now Nike. Nike gave us a pretty substantial contract um for an amateur team that doesn't have youth players coming in so it's uh i mean nike really they reached out and did a really nice nice deal with us so we're pretty happy about it um so yeah i mean really our sponsors are what pay for everything for us and we, we and we're doing some events that so we're going to start doing that because the usl really to be honest with you last year we were really tight i mean this is the first time that we had a women's team and really we weren't going to do the women's team um initially um, due to the finances, but we we said, hey, you know what? We got to get it in. We think it's the best move for soccer moving forward in the future, and uh, so we're 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 tight right now. I would say it's probably the tightest we've ever been financially. Uh, if we would have just did the men's, we'd been it would have been easy. Um, but uh, we have a relationship with our you know new new athletic complex. Um, the owner, uh, we do some work with him financially and some five hundred one c stuff. So we you know we're working with the facility to help you know build that thing out, and it's been great.
0: What does um What's the uh, like much match day look like? I mean, is it is it hundreds and thousands of fans? Is it you know no. fans,
2: friends and family? Um, I think the biggest amount of people we had last year was anywhere between like 200 to maybe 300 at the most. Um, mostly, it's about I would say anywhere 100 and below. Um, it was first year. Um, we didn't have bleacher setting yet because we're building that out. Um, and uh, but that didn't really that didn't really affect it. But one of the good things is we made a lot of money because we'd serve drinks and alcohol at the field. Um, so that's a big coming out, you know, I mean, and people in the community are starting to feel and understand where, where we're at and located now, because this is actually the 1st time Christmas has really ever had a home facility. We have been based all over the place in the whole state, you know, I mean, from Baltimore County, to Baltimore city to Anne county. So this is not, we have a home base now. It's something to, you know, every year we should be, you know, moving up, moving our fans, you know, building it up. We're building more relationships within the local area. We have some people now working for us, you know, that are just phenomenal. Uh that are doing a lot more reach out stuff to the community, which that's what we need to do because we've really yeah. never been able to grow in a community due to the fact that we're never really playing there every day. You know what I mean? So that's been, you know, it's kind of new to us. Yeah, there's, there's no
0: doubt getting getting those contacts. And, you know, I always get, uh, I've talked to Bill Marth a lot, you know, EPSL and stuff and talked about the, the density that you guys have in the East with all these major cities on a map that look like they're, you know, six feet apart. Um, it's just incredible the opportunities I would think you guys have with just player population and and really, I mean, fans too, there's just, there's just a lot of people in the East and, um, to, to have those roots in a home base, I think you may, uh, may really enjoy that being able to kind of have a place, like you said, to call home and, and then start claiming your territory, so to speak, instead of being a little more nomadic and, well, we're here this year, and we're here next year, and we're here the next year. What's what is uh what's your what's your week look like during uh you know whatever your spring fall men's season? I mean, is it a couple trainings a week? Is it training on Wednesday nights, game on Saturday? What's that look like?
2: Well, when, in our men's season, it's kind of funny. Like uh, we train every once in a while with our men's. I mean, really, to be honest, we've had a lot of success because we've had such high count, cal- and most of those guys play probably two nights a week at least, and then we try to throw a practice in there. That's pretty much where when our USL team, is, they're practicing two to three times a week. Um, so that's I mean, that's where it's different. You know what I mean? And, and most of our older guys, that's the best thing. They'll come into that mix. They come in and train with them sometimes. So it gives them, you know, that flavor of, you know, some older guys that can teach them some things and they build the relationships with those guys. So they know when, you know, hey, some of these guys, this USL college career is kind of that's it. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to the next level, even though they might think it. But they're not and they have a place to come home and you know they know who they're going to be playing with and they know it's the caliber is going to be good that makes
0: sense i always find it interesting to figure out how to stand how do you stand out in the amateur soccer world right like I'm, I'm an hour outside of chicago there's a bunch of clubs in chicago and it's it's constantly challenging ourselves with how do we make our club stand out where somebody will drive by those other three and drive out to come to our trainings and, and our game experience and and the things that we do in marketing and try to like Again, try to stand out in this, like, free-for-all of amateur soccer in the U.S. where you can train six nights a week if you want. You could not train at all, and it's all dependent upon your player pool and coaching staff yeah. and everything. It's just it's chaos sometimes.
2: Yeah, hey, I think, John, the biggest thing that we've had is our relationships. Um, relationships for us is where, like, we know the next players coming in because John is bringing him over. You know what I mean? I think that's been the key for us, and it's always been this family-based kind of relationship, you know, like. Like I said, if, if one of my buddies calls me tomorrow and says, Hey, Larry, I got a guy. He's, gonna, he's good. He's going to play. We know that he's quality and he knows that he's the right fit for us because he wouldn't just bring him in if he wasn't a bad character. First of all, one of the biggest things at Christos is we believe in character. The end of the day is we want quality character kids. We've let go of guys that were fantastic players, but they just don't fit what we want. And if you don't fit, we, you know, and good luck. And I'm not saying that you're not going to fit somewhere else, but for what we want, we want guys that want to hang out, enjoy life. You know, and you know, our job is not just to get create soccer players; it's also to create good people that actually are functional in this in society, and also help them get jobs. I mean, we have enough guys that are, you know, in the over fifty that are, that own companies, on whatever, and these are the guys that you know we look to work for us and things like that. So that's where we that's where that lies.
0: Yeah, I, I like it. It sounds wonderful. I think uh, I think some of the stuff I saw looking through your website and stuff, the, just the way you guys kind of word, you know the. It is very similar to what we're trying to do, just very community focused building good people. Um, I like some of that stuff you had on the site about your mission and. And I just thought, like, it just seemed like a good sort of a good wholesome group of good old boys that like to go kick ass and then have a beer and. Win trophies and have
2: another beer and just keep moving. (laughs) I think that's what we are, you know what I mean? I (laughs) think that I think if that, if we ever change that, I, I think then we'd be ruined. I think that's, you know, like uh, we've had a lot of people come in and offer certain things to buy us, do different things. But the end of the day is um, we have a board and our board is all players. Nobody will ever coach Christos it's not a, that has never played for us. Um, Ashley, who's coaching the women, she actually played for me when she was young. She played in Maryland. She's like us and she's creating the girls' atmosphere just like, the you know, the boys are now. And you can just see it building and building. And That's what we want. We want we want people that like say, "Hey, you know, this is my home. You know, we, you know, when I go to college, I come back here and I get to relax, play great soccer with my friends, enjoy life, and and then go back and go to the grind again." So that's that's kind of where we lie with that. And then our men's team, like you said, come out, play great soccer, go out afterwards, enjoy each other, and uh, you know where it goes, it happened. You know, sometimes you win national championships, sometimes you lose. That's just the way it is, you know. But we we feel that we can compete. You know, that's the key, being competitive. We always want to do that.
0: So what what kind of, uh, like, community outreach to do? What do, you, what do you do to build your brand locally besides winning trophies? Is there any specific, you know, other nonprofits you work with? What kind of stuff do you guys do?
2: Well, we started we started doing uh, local, uh, you know, we don't, we don't, like I said, we don't want to get into the high-end. So we do a lot of little rec uh, community stuff. We've started building out on that. We have, like, five rec programs in that area near our stadium that we work with, just doing little soccer camps and stuff and uh, even do some free stuff, free clinics. Um, so we've done some of that. Uh, we've done like a couple of uh, governmental like uh, drives where we did, uh, you know, like it was a it was a all day uh, practice thing for kids, letting them do that. We did that with uh, down in Annapolis a little bit. Um, one of our big things is we have on the agenda. It's, I mean, we're with the moose now. We're trying to work where we can facilitate um, an educational program where uh, cuz we have an inside facility we have a uh rooms where kids can go and we're going to work on and we have the right people now that want to kind of financially back it is you know maybe do a, a program where uh you know we're going to offer some tutoring to kids that play in the rec rec league you know that are 7 8 that just need some little bit extra and then they get a little bit of practice with our uh, with our coaching staff you know what i mean so that's kind of what we're that's our future with it. You know, I mean, and building that out with the state police and different different functionalities. Of it. So it's a work in progress. But I think it's going to be something that really is going to be um, kind of changes. And that, and like, look, and I, and I say this all the time. Christos, you know, like we build relationships with people that we want to build relationships with. Um, but we're not out there chasing what everybody else wants to do. We kind of have an idea of what we want to do. And it works for us. And, you know, if we feel like it's a good fit, we're going to go with it. But we're not out like a lot of teams are out there and a lot of clubs are out there chasing the mighty dollar. I think that's why we work. You know, what I mean, we don't, we know we got to pay bills. We know we got to keep it, but if we break even and we're doing the right things, like I said, we don't pay our players. We don't, you know what I mean? But we do help our players get jobs and we have other you know means to help them in other ways. So that's kind of where we lie. And that's what, like, like I said, we're not reaching, you know, there's a lot of teams and stuff that are trying to build things. And, you know, good luck to them, because I, I don't know, I don't have the exact, but if it doesn't feel like it fits what we're going to do, then we're just, we're just not going to do it. Even if it might be the greatest thing on earth for everybody else, if it doesn't fit what we need to do um, to keep our functionality, right? Then that's, that's kind of where we're going to keep it.
0: Yeah, it's I, I I do a lot of sponsorship stuff for our club and it's like the same thing. Like I, I'm not just about collecting checks. I want, I want businesses to join that are. You know, invested uh, emotionally a little bit in what we're doing and believe that we're doing a good thing. And even if they can't afford to support us, maybe they can come to a game. Maybe they can connect me with somebody. Uh, It's gotta be more than just, just collecting money. And and I don't think that's a good way for a club to survive. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm sort of a novice at this, but you know, you want the sustainability of the community and the sponsors are part of that community, but I think you want you want people to actually care about it. And when times get tough and businesses can't write those checks, you can disappear in a heartbeat. And um, what's interesting is you've got like this grown-up group of, you know, your men's team really like the USL two and the college guys is your, is almost like a development team for your men. And then did your thirties, forties, fifties. I mean, you've got a hundred plus players to reach out to when times get tough and say, Hey, does anybody have a contact at a website company that can redo our website or whatever? Like you just have a good network in in the Brotherhood that you can probably accomplish a whole lot just by asking for a little help internally, right?
2: Correct.
1: Yes. All these all these Projects and community prog- programs that you have and you're planning and whatever else. Is it just, for want of a better phrase again, the over-40s, the over-50s that are staffing them and making them happen? Or are, are you leaning on the, the college players and your, your, your youthful custodians as well?
2: Well, our, our over-50s are ran by one of our guys that's over 50. And one of our over-40s is run by an over-40 guy. So we, we have those guys kind of monitor and run those programs. You know what I mean? So, and then the over-30s is run by me. Um, that's kind of like, that's my group of guys that I coached back in the day and in the next 2 years, somebody will take that over as well. That has coached that group. The next group coming in after that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that, the over 30 group is special for us because this is our year that we won the national title. It's a lot of those guys with 30s coming out. So it's going to be a pretty good group for us. And I mean, that that's we, we enjoy it because we all get together. Get to play high level ball and then hopefully you know maybe we'll win regionals and go to travel together because it's just a fun group to be around you know and uh there's a lot of uh you know a lot of, there's, there's there are a lot of those guys in the group that played against dc united so it's, it's a special group
1: almost a reverse pipeline right the, the focus for so many clubs is you know the youth team feed the youth team the youth setup feeding the grown-ups and as john's alluded to it's almost like like i know you're only getting them in at college level but you're you're they're there really just to feed the drinking culture of the club almost of just like prolonging the the longevity of this long established thing and yes you're helping the kids go through their college lives and get get educations and pro careers or whatever but the pipeline's going out the other side and it's it's i've never heard of it in that sense before it's great i'm not knocking it i just think it's it's such an interesting twist on the american model so to speak um, and more kudos to you. And I'm sure it, I, I doubt it was by design, right? It just you just happened that way. Of like, oh, I just yeah. want to hang out with my buddies.
2: It was, it, and that's exactly what it was. It was just us having fun, having ideas, you know. And then, and look, and there was there was years like with Christos where we struggled, like you know what I mean. Like, and I remember like when all of us, like the first original guys, were getting older. Who's going to be the next guys? You know what I mean? And thank God we had a couple guys coaching college, so we brought in a couple of those younger guys. But there was one year where it was where we were merging together with another team. Cause it was, we were, we were that tough. It was that tough at times. I, you know, guys couldn't play anymore that we playing regularly and things like that. And, uh, I remember like the club, I thought we were going to end at that point. And I remember, and I'll be honest, Mike liver, who actually is the elite tournament. He was like, we're not doing this. Like, we'll figure this out. We'll play, we'll play older guys, whatever we got to do. And I, and I give him a lot of credit, you know what I mean? And I love Mike. I don't give him much credit. <laughs> That's funny. He's my buddy. But, uh, he did he kept it he kept it hard on it and we we kept it together and that was the next group of generation came in after that and did a did a phenomenal job they won a couple championships and they carried it and then you know we had like Steve King who's actually was the assistant coach at Hopkins he ran a group and uh that group was like i mean they they were playing good soccer um but they were coming in second quite a bit and uh you know, so there was another team in the area, uh, the Bays at the time, that were really, really were good, and that were all ex-Christos guys, because we had so many young players come in, and they broke off, and then they ended up being the better out of the group, and it, and it just went like that, but then, like, King just did a great job of carrying that torch and keeping that together, and we've had, I don't know, six or seven guys that have carried that torch through different times in our club's history, that if we didn't have that kind of guy or right there at that time, he was just the right guy, and You know, that's that's what keeps it together because players come back to guys they like and people they want to be around. You know what I mean? I think we've been very fortunate to have made the right selection through the years that we've needed to make. We've made mistakes, of course. But, you know, we've learned from them and, you know, we're uh, and it's made us better and stronger, you know, and the relationships have gotten deeper because of the groups that we've had it's 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 just it's beautiful to see frankly because i know john comes from a background
1: of like just playing rec soccer with old men um and you know again i'm disparaging the the over 30s jesus i'm I'm forty 49 i might as well be in your 50s team uh, but um like just the, the you're taking the rec soccer thing to a different level and i just it's just amazing i'm curious about to go back to match day stuff um i don't have any dealings with usl at all uh one of the big um issues we have at our level is live streaming obviously we do it because it's one well, obviously but we do it it's a league requirement a lot of uh, some of our rivals are less stringent with it what setup do you use yeah we have
2: a, um we have a videographer uh that from the dmb it's called dmb actually <laughs> he runs the maryland super league he's actually great does really good filming and then i have we have a guy christian that actually does all the announcing and talking and then we had a uh a young guy, Dan, that uh, works out of Syracuse on their uh, talk, and he worked. Both of them work hand in hand uh, doing the games. It worked out great. I mean, you can, you can watch all of them, and they were on what my Cujo? Yeah. I think we put them on, or we put them yeah. on. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they were great. I mean, it turned out a good job, and we have interviews for the game. So we're trying to make it a little bit more. Pre- some of our some of our other competition didn't do anything at all, which I don't like okay. that because you know like these kids, you know, if they have video. At least they can send it. They can do it. And that's what we want to get out of it. That's why we do it.
1: I think that's an interesting point of like um and I, I don't want you to name names and I don't want you to like start a turf war or anything, but in the times that you've been associated with the club at various levels, um, and you alluded to it there, there have there will have been clubs that don't do it the Christoph's way, which is fine, right? We're not saying either you or us or anybody else is doing it the right there isn't a right way, otherwise the same team would win year and year and year. But um do you see clubs making mistakes and you go, ah, ha, 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 you won't be here in two, three, five years because you're doing that? And if so, what what sort of mistakes are they making?
2: Uh, first of all, I think a lot of them, some of them try to start out bigger than what they are, and then they try to pay players, and they get caught because they, the only reason those players are showing up is because you're paying them. And then that becomes you know a problem, you know, because eventually you run out of cash if you're not making any, and you're definitely not making any in the amateur game. Um, so I see that as a huge problem. Um, I see, um, you know, when I look at other things, like I, I think the big thing is like building it and not worrying about the results, but just steadily building it and building it with people that you're confident are going to bring it. Look, like, look, I, if I was building a team now, it would have to be different than when I, when I, when Christos did it, you know what I mean? Cause we just came in all together, put in a team and we we're good to go. Now, you know, money's gotten more expensive, ref fees have gotten more. So you got to do a lot more to get, to be able to have an amateur team. Um, but I would look for, connecting people within in the local area and find out where I could find. Really, the main thing is getting players, getting the right players. How are you going to get them? What makes you different than the other clubs? And you got to find that kind of people Like, like uh, Lansdowne, they do a great job out there in New York. I mean, they have, they have the way that I don't know how they do it, but they definitely do it well because um, they always have good teams. They're always steadily building out. You know what I mean? With, with, look, Lansdowne and us, we'll have like an off year. But we're always going to be you know competing in the regionals competing in states you know we're not going to win everything every year but they're going to be competitive westchester they do it way different than we do um i know that they have a they have a club fee you know within their group they pay every player pays a summer fee and a and a fall fee you know what i mean whatever it is um but they it works out for them really good and they have a great they talk about a group they have really good connections with their players Blaze out there does a super job. He's a he's a, he's a great interview, too, guys. If you want to talk to somebody that really knows how to kind of move players, he's done a really good job of making all these connections with uh, MLS, USL uh, Champions League teams. I mean, we did a really good job of setting up this combine, you know, and uh, a lot of our players got looks that wouldn't have got looks now are, getting, you know, going to go to some go to some tryouts, which, you know, offering the opportunity doesn't mean they're going to make it, but at least they're getting chances, you know. And we did that all for free. You know, our kids didn't have to pay for anything for that, which is usually about 480 bucks just to get into a tryout. And that's, and that's not counting board and everything. So, you know, it gives kids a chance. You understand
1: the point of American soccer is to make money, right? You do, you know, do know that. You exploit everyone and just ride off in your Cadillac.
2: I, I, I agree, Nick. But you know what I always say? You know, if you're doing something you love, the money will come. You know what I mean? If you're doing it right and you're helping the right people, people will help you, and they do. You know what I mean? Like, look, I mean, like, like, you know, I'm not gonna throw any names out, but we've gotten help by people that people would not even know, don't even want to know that they helped us. You know what I mean? That's that's huge for us.
1: When people like Adidas are knocking on your door offering you stuff, then you know you're doing something right, right? And your your profile is on the rise, and more more kudos to you. Congratulations on all of it. Thanks. It just sounds like. I'll be honest with you. And I think I'm speaking for John here. This isn't the interview I was expecting to be um, purely because, you know, I didn't know an awful lot about Christoph, um, but it's been an eye opener. And I am super intrigued by the setup and the, what the future, what does the future hold? What the, what's the goals for 2023 and for 2025 and for 2030?
2: You know what? Just really to be honest with you, uh, our men's team is pretty set. We, we I think, th- you know, we're going to, I think we'll be successful. If we win, we win. You know what I mean? Like I know that we're gonna be competing and hopefully getting into the playoffs. That's our goal every year. Get the playoffs, see how far we can get. I mean, winning the State Cups in Maryland is always our goal. I mean, we've we won a bunch of them and we just I mean, I think for the amateur, we won it like the eight eight straight years now. You know what I mean? So we want to keep that going. Um, uh, but for our women's program, that's my big one is like to get them into the playoffs, have them starting moving forward into becoming this uh, really big entity in our club. And they are. She really started it out a lot of sophomores. So we got a really growing group that, you know, they came in second in the group last year. And there wasn't as many teams. They would have made the playoffs. The team that they lost to out here is a, is a women's club, um, which is really they're strong, great soccer club. So we got to catch them. And that's the goal, you know, is to build out and be better than them. And uh, if that comes along really well, I think that, you know, we'll be happy. I mean, our success is that, hey, you know what? We had a good year. You know what I mean? Look, we got another kid drafted. You know what I mean? We had fun. We went to good events. You know, we kept the budget down. That's that's a good year for us.
0: Survival, survival is a good year. That's amateur soccer. Right, one
2: hundred
0: percent. Yeah, totally. No, I appreciate it. It's been it's been yeah, like Nick said, it's been uh, interesting. Just it always gets my wheels turning when I talk to people that do things differently, and I go, well, maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking things, or maybe I'm not, maybe I never thought of that. And uh, it's it's been good. I I wish you guys all the best. I think you guys are doing a cool thing out there. We appreciate it, John. Thank you. I mean, Nick, thanks
2: for having us on.